Political Podcast. At some point you look around, and you're the only one. I mean, it's pretty good. And just like that, the perspective shifts. Paging Bobby Winsler to the microphone. On in three, two... Welcome in, coming to you from the Concurrent Media Network in the heart of Citrus County. However you're making us part of your day, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, through the Concurrent mobile app or website, I'm sure glad you're joining us. Uh, We've got our first unsolicited ad requests this weekend, and our print requests are exceeding what we ever thought possible at this stage. So you know what? Today's show isn't brought to you by us like it has been for the past month. Today's show is brought to you by you. Truth is, it's it's probably not going to be a great show today. There was a school board meeting last Tuesday we could talk about. The county approved a development near Brentwood. The residents aren't pleased with. We could talk about that. A 29-year-old EMT who worked for Citrus uh, and Nature Coast EMS died of COVID. We could talk about that. There has been stuff happening in the community. And there will be things this week, although not too many, pretty much only an Inverness City Council meeting tonight. It may be going too far to say this won't be a great show. It may be more accurately said it's not going to be an informative show. The purpose of these podcasts is to fill you in on local news and also to entertain But above both those goals is to make you think. And today, I'm going to ask you to think. So, I got it wrong last week. I said uh, at the time, about an hour from now, which was about an hour from when the commission meeting aired, I said that the chamber was going to come forward when the commission was discussing a resolution to support a local initiative by the Florida Chamber Foundation known as Prosperity Citrus. And I said the chamber was going to ask for financial help included in the resolution. How awful this would be, I exclaimed. I'm going to paraphrase my own words here. That a nonprofit's first thought is to turn to government rather than its stakeholder membership for help. I was self-righteous and opinionated, and it turns out I was wrong. Members of the chamber didn't speak at the meeting. Instead, stakeholders in the initiative did, and some of these were elected officials within our government, both inside the county uh, with Holly Davis and outside the county commission's purview, such as Clerk of the Courts Angela Vick and Sheriff Mike Prendergast, both of whom spoke in support of the resolution at the meeting. I was also wrong that the commission would give whatever support was asked for to the initiative, which I thought would be the outcome of the meeting. Instead, the commission unanimously approved the first part of the resolution, indicating they support the mission of Prosperity Citrus, then removed the second part of the resolution, which directed county resources, including staff and buildings, to be used openly in support of Prosperity Citrus. Now let's be clear. The second part of the resolution would have been financially supporting the initiative, even if not explicitly. If you want to know how much it would be doing so, 
make a public information request for about 50 pages of content, and you'll receive a bill for several hundred dollars. This is how government responds to calls from conservatives like me that say it should run more like a business. And you know, you know I, don't, I don't mind. But the BOCC ended up striking this provision, not because they didn't want to invest in the initiative. It wasn't for philosophical reasons. It was because they felt the order overstepped the bounds of what a commission can order and disrespected the authority of the county administrator. It was for structural chain of command reasons. So I got it wrong. They didn't vote to support it financially. I'm not going to rehash the concurrence whole column from Thursday, which looked at this issue in detail, but I am going to read one quote that is a little lengthy and has a quote inside of it, so bear with me. Here's from Thursday's column. The county commission has two employees, the administrator and the attorney. Everyone else works for the administrator. Quoting the Chronicle here, quote, We don't need politicians messing around with how each of the county's employees does his or her job, end quote, wrote the Chronicle's editorial board when former Commissioner Jimmy T. Smith called for the firing of a county department head. The Chronicle was right in making that statement then for the same reason Chairman Carnahan is correct in opposing this now. It only feels different because the cause of helping people find jobs is much more worthy than attempting to remove someone from theirs. I want to focus on that last part. It only feels different because the cause of helping people find jobs is much more worthy than attempting to remove someone from theirs. I told you it wasn't going to be a good show today because it's not informative. We're, we're recapping all this. But how often do we really want to be informed? You know what I often get when I read the objective news? <laughs> I often get a bad mood. It's true. Being informed is hard emotionally. Do you want to talk about Afghanistan right now? I don't. It bums me out. The Chronicle does a really good job of making sure a reader never feels bad. The community coverage is heartwarming. There was this photo from the last week of an albino raccoon. That doesn't make any of us more informed, but it does make us feel good because, hey, it's not what a raccoon is supposed to look like. He's surrounded by other raccoons who accept him and it's unique to our area, so we like it. This is one way to succeed in media that works particularly well on a small scale like our county. A different way to succeed in media is to stir outrage. This is similar to the previous way to get an audience buy-in because it plays on our emotions rather than our logic, but it's starkly different emotionally. We tend to uh, associate this approach with conservative outlets, but don't kid yourself. Left-leaning outlets showed just how capable they were doing of employing it, they were of employing it too in the four years under President Trump. Let, let me stay on this thought, but steer it in a different direction with something that happened to the concurrent this last week. I created a, a sponsored Facebook post to target people who enjoy weekend commentary now that Jerry Mulligan's columns are ending. And anytime you advertise on social media out to the public, you're going to get exactly the kind of responses you'd expect. Here were two from the last week. Quote, if you are a liberal, no thank you. 
One commentator wrote, as politely as she was matter-of-factly, to which somebody replied with something along the lines of, I'm not going to quote it directly because the author since deleted it, but it went something like this. There go conservatives again, doing nothing but stirring outrage by accusing the other side of disastrous things like all conservative media does. The truth, as you probably know, is that the concurrent would appeal to both of these people. I consider myself and this outlet to be conservative, yet just this last month we published a column called The Antidote to Media-Fueled Outrage that talked about rejecting the anger approach. Yet, by not defining ourselves as one or the other, by not saying I am this and not that, in an effort of what I guess you could call trying not to alienate both, the concurrent instead has probably not appealed to either. So, to, to bring this full circle, media needs to make you feel something rather than to plainly inform you of everything. Some, like the Chronicle, do this through stimulating good cheer in the community. Others, usually national outlets, evoke outrage. Some take the approach of appealing to a certain side of the political aisle to build a tribal-like identity. The concurrence mission is to make you feel something, but instead of that being a community connection, we want you to feel smarter for having chosen us. Like I said when I opened this topic, the goal is to make you think. As our political Facebook commenters demonstrated for us though, it's hard to build an audience unless you have an us versus them mentality. And while I don't feel any ill will toward the Chronicle, they are the natural outgroup in this case. So let's be honest, a, a lot of their content doesn't require you to think a whole lot. It's a lot of sheriff's office busts and longtime wedding anniversaries and albino raccoons. And you know what? I read all of it. And I'm so happy someone is covering it. But if you're telling someone about the concurrent and they ask you how it's different from the Chronicle, I hope you'll consider saying, the Chronicle is a community outlet. The concurrent is a thinking outlet. And while you may be like me and like the community content too, I hope ultimately you'll challenge yourself with the thinking outlet and stick with the concurrent. Getting to topic two, but first, ah, who am I kidding? Today's show is brought to you by you. The Concurrent will be delivering print editions next week. Sign up for free on our website. Uh, I can't believe the response we've already received. It's been overwhelmingly uh, incredible. So if you're interested, sign up on our website. Uh, this one is for you, so enjoy a brief interlude into Topic 2. To continue on today's not very good show, we're going to stick with this formula of taking a topic from the previous week's column and applying it to the concurrent. We talked about Thursday's column in the first topic, so let's quickly recap Sunday's. The piece was an editorial with the stance that it's time for Commissioner Ruthie Schlebaugh to stop searching for a consensus on what to do with the Central Ridge Park in Beverly Hills and instead take a leadership initiative to set an end goal and fight for it. 
This comes on the heels of a town hall she hosted in which she brought forward three plans she had already brought to the commission and the public told her all they wanted was the pool reopened, which wasn't in her three plans. So basically the park renovations are nowhere. Here's something you need to know about me and it's gonna make me hated by both liberals and conservatives since both movements are trending in this direction. I am not a populist. I think everyone has the right to be heard and everyone should be treated with respect, but I don't believe in majority rule. And if you do, let me point out some quick stats to you. Not a single member of our county commission was elected by the majority of people living in Citrus County. The closest one was Jeff Kennard, who took 54,791 votes in 2016. He was unopposed in 2020. That's 54,791 votes of roughly 140,000 people living in Citrus five years ago, or 39%. But some of these people living in Citrus were under the voting age, and some aren't registered to vote. A populist wouldn't discount these people as citizens. Populists are all for, er, are for all people. But let's be practical and put these parameters on it. If you limit the population to only registered voters, then Jeff Kennard is the only commissioner who is elected with a true majority. Commissioner Kitchen loves to use the stat that he was elected with 70% of the vote. Okay, that's true that it's 70% of the people who showed up to vote. If you take his 48,645 votes from 2018 and put it against the 109,328 registered voters in that election, he won just 44.5% of the vote, less than a majority. Yet, his 48,000 votes were the second most behind Kennard. This reaches all the way down to Commissioner Ruthie Schlebaugh, who won her universal primary with less than 20,000 votes. Or to put it another way, given the fact that there were exactly 113,031 registered voters at the time, and roughly 150,000 people living in Citrus, Commissioner Schlebaugh was elected with either 17.2% or less than 13% of the public, depending on which metric you use. Now, I'm not saying this to make anyone feel bad or to call anyone illegitimate. They all ran great campaigns and earned hard-won seats. But if you still believe decisions in this country are made through finding what a majority of people believe and doing that, then you're simply kidding yourself. And based on the inaction of the park renovations, I think Commissioner Schlebaugh is one of those people who believes in the majority, and that's getting to be a problem. I told you I was going to relate this to the concurrent, so here it goes. I want this to be a forum for everyone. We had two articles, one discussion board topic, and one letter to the editor published in last month's print edition from the public. I loved it. But I'm not looking for a consensus on the stances the concurrent will take. These stances may be inconsistent because of information presented from your opinions. The Fort Island Trail bike path is one example where we were initially for it and then turned against it. 
I urge you to do the same thing, to get involved in these conversations, not because you wanna fight for the majority or be part of the movement, but because you have a vision for the world that you think is right, even if it's not in the majority, and you need a place to share it. Let's wrap up with the end goal for the concurrent, the objective, because that was a big part of Sunday's column. Some might think it's to replace the Chronicle or win the media war, and that's ridiculous. It's not. It's to fill a need. There's a space in our local media market for a multimedia outlet, since the Chronicle does have an online component, but even that you have to sit and read it. So a multimedia outlet that is fully focused on the complexities of current public affairs. The Chronicle is a great community newspaper. The stuff that's worth sitting for because it does make you feel good. But the concurrence end goal is to inform you about your government and make you think while you're on the go. The two can, and mercifully have, coexisted happily so far. Thank you if you're listening to this because you believe in the mission of providing a free service to help keep others informed beyond the paywall on the go. We couldn't do it without you. That's all from the Bobby Winsler Show. Follow The Concurrent on social media for the latest updates, and we'll be back next Tuesday at noon. If you want to join this conversation, find us on social at The Concurrent Facebook, Twitter, go on the website, mobile app for The Concurrent, post on our discussion boards. Today's show was sponsored by you.